Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome to the Beautifully Complicated Podcast, a podcast created to have nuanced discussions with complex people on a range of topics from the socio-political climate to self-care and Black excellence. I'm your host, Sheena, and I want to welcome you to our show. Get ready and get engaged. We're going to discuss what it means to be beautifully complicated. Welcome to the Beautifully Complicated Podcast. I'm your host, Sheena. So much has been happening in the past two weeks since our last episode that needs to be discussed. However, there isn't enough time in this podcast to cover it all. So we'll focus in on the highlights of what's happening in the political arena and with the latest social movements against Donald and his administration of lackeys. We'll talk briefly about the now epic Beyonce Grammy snub for album of the year. In our self-care section, we'll discuss what it means to be decisive and choose to live a better life, even with the hellstorm around us in this current administration. In our final episode on Black Excellence, we'll highlight a fabulous young 22-year-old Black woman who is already making waves as a young engineer at NASA, even though she hasn't even yet graduated from MIT. So grab your tea and let's talk. Let's start with our first segment, What's Happening Now, where we discuss what's currently happening in the political, social, and pop culture world. (sighs) Let's start off talking about, well, who else? Donald Trump and his administration of lackeys and the hellacious Republican Party. These last two weeks have been a whirlwind of out-of-this-world news coming out of the Republican Party and the Donald Trump administration. Since last we spoke, there was the Muslim ban and stripping world funding for abortions in developing countries. Now we have a few more things that this administration have decided to do to terrorize the people of America. Let's start off with the attack on undocumented immigrants. There have been a large amount of ICE raids lately that have been targeting not only criminal actions or activities of undocumented immigrants, 
But basically anyone who's here illegally, they are now deciding to remove in any way, fashion, or form. It is something like what we would have saw the Gestapos do in Nazi Germany. It's not been a pretty picture. We have seen people taken in as they were in court fighting for protective orders because of physical abuse. We have seen dreamers have now been arrested. One dreamer has been arrested. We have a mother who has been living here since she was a teenager, also arrested and taken into custody to be deported. There have been truly terrorism on the immigrant population by our U.S. government. Yesterday, which was uh, February 17th, there was the breaking news report from the Associated Press on a memo that was circling the White House regarding the decision to possibly mobilize 100,000 National Guard troops to carry out ICE raids. Well, the Trump administration, in normal fashion, what they always do, they came out and said those were lies and fake news, media, blah, blah, blah. So the Associated Press doing what they are supposed to do and troll the administration and show them when they are actually the ones who are lying, decided to release the actual memo that they had gotten a hold of and uh, show it to the world in social media. So it was on Twitter or circling around from the Associated Press what the actual memo was and who it was directed to as just an idea or a thought of how they can enact um, further immigration reform by the administration. I don't remember hearing anything late next coming out of the administration after that release from the Associated Press. But I do know that they have probably more than likely decided that they're going to continue on with calling it fake news instead of just allowing it to be tr- the truth and just saying that that's not something they decided to go along with, even though it was something that was on the table. I don't understand what this administration's face fascination is with fake news. They make up anything and everything, and yet they decide to tell everyone else that what they're reporting on, which is truth, is fake news. That takes me to the press conference that Donald Trump held where he was announcing his latest pick for labor secretary since his labor secretary had to decide to rescind his nomination due to allegations of not only having an undocumented immigrant working for him, but also his own actions as an abuser. It's when a tape was released from an Oprah Winfrey show in the early 90s that his wife had did, his estranged wife or probably then divorced wife, uh, had did an interview where she was talking about where how she was abused by him as her uh, when they were married. So in his press conference, he is supposed to just be talking about who he's now choosing to be a labor secretary that he wants to undergo confirmation. Instead, it went on to his uh, rant on how the media has been um, portraying him in a not so wonderful light, not something that he'll want to see or hear. And so he decided that they were fake news. He was challenged on his um, his numbers when he said that he had the largest electoral college win since Ronald Reagan. Of course, one of the news journalists stood up and reminded him 
that in fact, um, George H.W. Clinton both times and Barack Obama both times had higher numbers when it came to their margin of win in the Electoral College vote. And then so Donald Trump in the Donald Trump fashion said, well, these are numbers that were given to me. So this is what this is what they were. This is what they told me. Instead of just saying, well, yes, I'm incorrect. He decided to just pass the blame because that's what he does. He's a pass the blame type of guy. How do I know? His labor is, excuse me, his um, national security advisor, Mike Flynn, is has decided to um, resign or was asked to resign after more information came to light regarding the allegations of his possible communication with the Russian government or regarding sanctions that President Obama enacted at the end of December. The same day that those sanctions were announced by then President Barack Obama, Michael Flynn decided to have conversation not once or twice, but I do believe it was five times with the Russian ambassador to discuss said sanctions on a phone call. Uh, he may not have understood or even thought about the fact that the United States government record all calls with the Russian embassy, probably for good reason. They are not our friends. They are our adversaries. And so we need to always know what on earth people are saying to them when they're talking, when they're calling or talking to them on the phone. So he then lied, of course, to the FBI and said he only talked to them about, well, Christmas and um, any other possible things that they could talk about, but not the sanctions. No, that was just coincidental that they were talking on the same day that the sanctions were announced. That was only coincidence. Ah, well, that and more, some more information came to light about that. And, uh, it was found that, yeah, no, mm -mm. Nope, not coincidental. There possibly were moments where he definitely did discuss the sanctions with the Russian ambassador. And so he thus lied to the FBI. Um, he lied to uh, Vice President Mike Pence, who went on the news and the news shows and said, no, there's no way he wasn't talking about that. He was talking about this, blah, 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 blah. And so it has come to light through light through all of the leaks that have been coming out of this White House and the security community that there are, in fact, some conversation that was had um, by Mike Flynn with the Russian government that was regarding the sanctions, which is a violation of quite a few laws, especially the fact that he lies to the FBI is probably the biggest violation of the law. Uh, yeah. So Donald Trump, of course, had to announce someone new to pot. Well, is looking for someone new to now take the place of Mike Flynn for national security advisor. He has uh, put out a request for a couple of people. Some folks have turned him down um, because they don't want to be a part of the hellaciousness that is the Trump administration and the Trump White House because it has been nothing but a firestorm of nonsense and foolishness to have come out of it. And any sane person probably would not want to align themselves with such an administration. I get that. I totally understand. No matter how much power you may get by having such an amazing title as national security advisor, nothing is worth selling your soul when it comes to working with the Trump administration. I totally understand. Where am I getting at with this? 
the Trump administration is saying tends to lie sometimes. And because these leaks were coming out about what was going on with Mike Flynn, they decided the news media are a bunch of liars and everything they're saying is fake news, even though it was when Donald Trump was um, subsequently challenged on this, on the leaks. Are the leaks real was the question that he was asked. And he said, yes, the leaks are real. The information that are coming from these leaks are absolutely real. But the news is fake. Don't understand how that is when the news is just reporting what the leaks are saying. But that's how Donald Trump talks. He speaks in circles. And it's a way for him to continue to not only confuse his base, but to energize his base. Those who have not much understanding in what's happening, really, and are just falling behind him like blind puppy dogs, probably won't realize that he's lying to them. He's lying to them a lot. And they are going to be negatively impacted by a lot of the actions that him and his cronies are going to enact in this country. They are definitely going to be impacted, but they won't see it and they won't understand it because they are too busy being blind to it all and deciding that everyone else is against him. And so they must be on his side and stand strong and firm, even though he's lying to them. I don't understand it, but he can speak in circles all day long. Those of us with IQs, uh, with higher IQs and those of us who have greater understanding and have no problem researching and looking further into things ourselves, we can come to our own conclusions and make our own decisions about what is happening. And we can recognize and understand thus that he is a liar and his administration are a bunch of liars and they are not uh, doing things that are in the best interest of the American people, no matter what they say. That's just the, the truth behind it all that that's, that's where it all comes down to. So that happened, right? Then we had the DeVos nomination. Betsy DeVos was confirmed for Secretary of Education. That is exceptionally frightening because she is an idiot. Yeah, I said it. Um, she has absolutely no experience in education, yet she was she received the confirmation. How did she receive the confirmation? Well, this one was split 50-50. Some of Republicans actually, uh, two Republicans deferred and decided not to vote for her. All of the Democrats, of course, said they were not voting for her. So at that point, it was split right down the middle. And the vice president, Mike Pence, had to then make the deciding decision. And of course, because everyone rubber stamps what Donald's doing when it comes to the Republican side of the aisle, he voted for her to receive the confirmation as Secretary of Education. Not long after that, she tweeted out something in relation to, oh, how, where do I find the pencils in this place in the office? Yeah, she actually tweeted something like that. And a lot of, a lot of wonderful teachers decided to troll her on Twitter and remind her that a lot of the teachers actually pay for their own supplies and they pay for the supplies of their children, their students, because they recognize and understand that the students doesn't always have what they need either. And so her tweet in it of itself was insensitive and uninformed. Also now under her direction of the Department of Education, we have had a couple of instances where the Twitter account for the Department of Education have tweeted out nice little flubs and spelling that is quite an embarrassment. The first one being the a quote that they tweeted out from W.B. Du Bois, where they spelled his last name incorrectly. They spelled it D-E, 
B-O-I-S. It is spelled D-U-B-O-I-S. And then they decided, hey, let's tweet an apology for this. And so they tweet out their apology for misspelling his name and they misspelled apologies. They they instead spelled apologizes. So this is basically an embarrassment from the Department of Education for them to have such spelling errors. We have seen exceptional amounts of grammatical errors coming from Betsy DeVos's Twitter account. Uh, There was a statement that she put out regarding her her time that she spent at the D.C. public schools where she decided that she felt the teachers really weren't engaged enough. And they didn't feel that they they didn't have as much ownership of their classroom of that they should have had. She felt that they were instead just waiting around for instruction from higher powers instead of making those best the best decisions for their own children within their own classrooms. The statement that she made was obviously incorrect. Teachers have great control of their classrooms. Most of them are amazing at what they do. But more importantly, when looking at her statement, the, the one of her sentences was a ridiculously long run-on, and it had some great grammatical errors inside of it. This woman, Betsy DeVos, is our Secretary of Education. She's someone who has spent absolutely no time as an educator within any of our school systems. She's just a billionaire who decided that she wants to make nice amounts of contributions and donations to the Republican Party so she can further her platform on having more Christian-based schools in the country and to basically eradicate the public school system. This has been her stance for several years. This has been something that she's been rallying around. That's the only ounce of education experience she has as someone who is starkly against our education system, who is against what we have had in place for several decades. Do I disagree that our education system can use some reform? Absolutely not. I think that we uh, that we do. We can use some reform in education. I do not believe what she's trying to do with including school of choice or anything related to charter schools and removing public schools, I don't think that's the way to go. I think that our curriculum is what needs to be adjusted. I don't think we need Christianity in our schools. And I say that as a Christian woman. I say as a Christian woman who is who is really devout in her belief, more than anything because of my relationship with God, not because of my religion. So I, I definitely do not believe, though, however, that we need that in our school systems. I think our school systems is there to teach our children what they need to do to become better citizens in this nation and what they need to do to advance in this nation and to be competitive on a global stage. That's what they need to do. No matter how much the Trump administration wants to pretend like globalization isn't happening, no matter how much the Trump administration wants to believe that we need to only focus on America and America first, our children and all of us are competing on a global stage. And that is a reality. And so we can't hide and pretend like that's not a truth. That's a truth. And if we want our children to be able to compete in this nation, in this world, we need to give them the best tools that we possibly can. We need to give them a stronger education so that they are able to compete. We needed someone in that position who understood that, who understood that we need to make critical thinking and analysis a bigger part of our education instead of 
memorization, which is what our education system is built on. We need someone to help us challenge our children more and not teach them to standardize tests, but teach them to become greater thinkers and to be able to become something greater when it comes to um, creating greater inventions and thoughts and ideas that we have not had yet in this nation or in this world. That's what our education system needs to do. We need more focus on STEM. We need more focus on exploring the talents of our children and understanding that memorization is not the way to go. We are not a manufacturing nation any longer and manufacturing will not be coming back no matter what the Trump administration tries to tell you. Companies that say they'll bring back manufacturing will bring it back with automation because that's the better business decision. And I say that as a businesswoman. Now, because of that being the case, we need to make sure our children are more capable of doing the other areas of business that they should know and understand the other things that they need to be a part of so that they can compete. Uh, We need more doctors. We need more nurses. We need more people in technology. We need more engineers. We need more people in robotics. If if companies want to automate, we need people that know how to build the robots they want to use. That's what we need. We need people that are more critically in their thinking process and are able to come to decisions in a way that most of us can't do from the old system of education. Betsy is not the person for that job. Betsy knows nothing. Betsy's an idiot. Betsy can't even spell correctly, nor is nor is she um, nor is she strong in grammar. So there's that. So you probably know how I feel about Betsy DeVos's confirmation as Secretary of Education. It's an embarrassment. That's all I'll say. I do know our children are going to fall further behind more than likely in education than we already are on the world stage. So there you go. So there's been a lot of things happening and coming out of this administration and the Republican Party who have just been rubber stamping everything since this administration walked into the office. There have been very little pushback, even with all of the information that we have currently about the um, the influence the Russians have had on this election and what they are having on this White House. There has been little, uh, a little, very little uh, action from the Republican Party to even combat what is happening and to and to deeper investigate what may be happening if uh, we have Russian influence in our government. They aren't interested in that. Right now we have um, people in the Russian, um, excuse me, in the Republican Party, huh, it's interesting I said that, who are really looking more so towards finding out who the leakers are and that are leaking out all this pertinent information instead of maybe we should dive deeper into what all this information is saying about uh, this Russian influence and finding out what on earth is happening so that we can get that under control and stop that because the Russians have no, they have no role in our government. Now, this is the United States of America. This is our government system. It's our democracy. And no no foreign influence should be had in our democracy. So we'll see what happens from that. I do know that because of everything that's been happening since Trump stepped into office, literally that same day, there has been a large amount of protest. The largest protest that took place the day after for the Women's March on Washington and the subsequent marches around the world in solidarity with it was probably the largest organization against uh, against a president, an incoming president in American history. 
we have seen nothing more than a growth in marches and protests and political action since then. Uh, quite a few organizations have sprouted up and are gaining an influence across the country to help mobilize people so that we can fight back against what is happening, take control of our democracy, become more civically engaged, and challenge our representatives in Congress to truly represent us and our thoughts and to not rubber stamp everything Donald does, but to fight back against it, especially when it is not in the best interest of the American people. We have seen town halls that congressmen have held where we have large amounts of people have shown up where they used to maybe get 50 or 100 people. They're getting 800 to 1200 people showing up and asking them very tough questions about their stance in Washington on a lot of different topics. It's needed. I am definitely one of the people who is out there not just voicing my opinion, but becoming more politically engaged. I have decided to start email and and call my Congress people. I do it often about anything that I know that's coming up um, that that they may be voting on soon. I am sending them messages and emails and I am contacting their offices to let them know that I do not agree with what what is being put on the table and that they're, they need to push back or they probably will not count on my vote in the next election. That's what we have to do now. That's what we have to do. We have to begin to withhold our votes from certain people if they are not truly representing us the way that we want them to represent us because they work for us. Each representative in the House and in the Congress and the Senate works for us. Each elected official works for us. The president works for us. And when we see people who are doing things that are not in con- contract or that are not in relation to what we want to see come out of the of Washington or the White House, we need to stand up and hold them accountable. That's what we have to do. So that's what it means to become more civically engaged. And it's time for us all to do that. I will recommend a couple of apps for people that want to become more involved or know what's happening in Congress because we don't always know what they're voting on. There are two amazing apps that I have downloaded. Uh, one of them is Countable and the other is Vote Spotter. Both of them link you back to what your Congress people are voting on, that what's coming up in the House and the Senate and you can voice your concerns and send them emails or call them directly from it within the apps and let them know how you feel about their possible vote on a specific bill that is in, that is going through Congress or a confirmation that is set to happen. So download those apps that's Countable and Vote Spotter. They are some really, really good apps. And there are a lot of different organizations you can subscribe to online. You can subscribe to the Women's March. Um, at womensmarch.org, you can respond to the United States of, excuse me, you can subscribe to the United States of Women. You can, there are so many movements happening at the same time. Flippable is another one where they are working on flipping certain districts for the House of Representatives. Um, There are a lot of things that we need to do locally, state level, and federal level to gain control of our government again. So it's time for us all to become more civically engaged and it's time for us to all hold um, each of our representatives accountable as well as hold our corporate people accountable, corporate brands accountable when they are siding with something that we do not agree with. 
we can definitely voice our opinions in that manner as well by withholding our money. We saw how that had an influence on what happened at Nordstrom, even though Nordstrom said, well, it's because sales were down. Well, yeah, sales were down for, for Ivanka Trump's brand because people decided to stop buying Ivanka Trump's brand. And when you withhold the dollars, when you withhold the money, they'll make the, the correct business decision to drop the line. So we need to do that and start holding those folks accountable too. So in that, we have to look at um, some brands that are doing some amazing things. Starbucks released a great letter where they um, they were against what was happening with the Muslim ban and things actions they're deciding to take because our corporate brands are taking action too. So they're taking action to hire more people from certain areas that are impacted by uh, war and whom are now refugees of war. Um, We have brands like Nike, who released a wonderful, wonderful ad about how immigration impacts sport. And they have an amazing commercial that I will have posted on the Facebook page for Beautifully Complicated, so check it out. It's, It's a really great ad, and it really shows that this is the diversity and inclusiveness of our of our athletes. And it's great that we have this. And this is what we need in America. It's what makes us stronger, not just for them, make them stronger as a brand, but it's what make us stronger as a nation. And so that's important to have brands like that, that are making the decision to speak out against things that they see are not the right thing that they, that brand, that the government is doing and for them to say, not on our watch. We don't agree with this, not on our watch. So a lot's happening in the political arena. So much, so much, so much, so much. There are so many more things I can talk about, but I'm going to leave it right there. And I want to switch over a little bit to to the Grammys and uh, what happened Sunday night. Uh, there were some interesting performances that night. I did not watch the whole show because I chose, I just didn't want to. But uh, Solange won a, 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 an award. Beyonce won a couple of awards. But the, the talk that came out of this particular Grammys this year was the snub for album of the year that Beyonce had. Um, the Music Association, the Record Recording Association, they definitely did not honor her for her amazing body of work that was Lemonade. Lemonade was, it was beautifully complicated, right? It was um, a multi-layered experience that the listener was given. It was something that spoke to who we are as human beings, each of us, but it really spoke to Black women. And it was something that tapped and touched into something that we understood at a level that most other people probably didn't understand. While others connected with it, we lived it. And so it was such a profound body of work that when we saw or heard that it did not receive album of the year for such an artistic, uh, such an artistic and culturally necessary piece of work. It was something that probably hit us all kind of in the stomach. And I, I know it also probably hit Beyonce in the stomach for someone who is the person who created this body of work. Um, instead, they gave it to Adele for her album, 25. Now, I'm an, I'm an Adele fan. I love Adele. I listen to her music. I have all of her albums. I have, I, I like her music 
she's a great artist, but I don't think that 25 was better than Lemonade. What Lemonade was, was truly a work of art. And it was socially conscious. Like it was, it was layered and textured in such a way that it's not something that you are used to hearing when you hear an album. And then with a visual album that was released first for the album, that visual album, it just took you to another level. What she did with, with Lemonade was something that we've never really seen before. She told a story in a way that was um, relatable, understood, and painful all at the same time. And yet, for it not to receive album of the year, that's just crazy. You know, I think Adele's comments, though, when she received her award were necessary and needed. She understood that it was not her album that was the best of 2016. It was Lemonade. And she paid homage to Beyonce for She broke her her um, award in half and said that she shares that with Beyonce because Beyonce is the true winner and that's who she would have chosen. She did not agree with what the recording um, Academy decided to do. She she understood that what Lemonade was was something greater than what 25 was. And so uh, kudos to Adele for doing that. That's just, that shows that she's someone who understands art and she's just not doing music to be awarded for doing music, but she understands the what it really means and what it's really about and what it it what it means to have people connect to it in a certain way. She talked about her black friends who connected with it in a way that she couldn't even connect with, it, even though she loved the album. And so I think that's necessary for her to understand that, you know, um, what Lemonade was to some of us was something that was greater than just a just a piece of music. It was it was our life. So kudos to Adele for that, and shame to anybody who had the audacity to to attack Adele because of that that wasn't her decision to give her the award. And uh, I think what she said was absolutely the right thing to say. Uh, Beyonce and Miss Tina took to Instagram to show their affection, what is believed to be how they feel about what um, what happened at the Grammys with them standing side by side and flipping off the camera. I think that that was, uh, I, and it didn't say, but I believe that that's what, that, what that, that image was all about. It was showing that it was a nice little, the bird right up to you all who overlooked Beyonce's album for whatever reason that you overlooked it because it was definitely something that should have been album of the year. Solange put out a couple of tweets about it and her outrage about what happened and how she understood that Lemonade also should have been album of the year. And she recalled that the past 20 years where they have given out album of the year, there are only two African-Americans that have have actually won it, even when there were African-American artists that had better albums those years that they still lost to, um, to white people. And so she called that out. And then she said in a subsequent tweet that, you know, we need to honor each other and we need to put our own um, shows in place. And that's why we need to uplift each other and do things the right way within our own community. Because sometimes people outside of our community choose not to see the greatness in us because for whatever reason, it may make them feel lesser than. I don't know. So 
Shout out to Beyonce and Adele and Mama Tina and Solange for their feelings about what happened with the album of the year and so many people uh, out in America who also were as equally outraged by what we what we just witnessed at the Grammys in 2017. So let's move on to our next segment, self-care. The self-care segment, we're going to talk a little bit about how to just take care of ourselves with everything that's happening. There's so much going on right now um, in this political environment, in the world. It has just been a heavy weight on so many of us that we need to make sure we're taking care of ourselves in the midst of it all. We can be fighting for the revolution or fighting for the resistance against what is happening. But at the same time, we have to make sure we're taking care of ourselves. Uh, So one thing that I decided to talk about today was being more decisive and making the decision to live happy or have a better life. And that's what we have to do. Sometimes we miss that small step, that first step, which is truly making the decision to just be happy or making the decision to live your peace or your joy or find something that you want to do or that, you, that you've always wanted to do and doing it. It's making that decision. The decision is the first step. And that's usually the scariest step, but it's the first step. I'm deciding to be healthier. I'm deciding to find my peace. I'm in, I'm deciding to live a more balanced life. I'm deciding to shut down Twitter for a couple of days just so that I can breathe and, and not receive alerts from CNN on what horrible thing has just happened next because of what the thing that is in the White House. So... I implore you to adopt a mindset of making decisions, making the right decision, looking deeper into what it means in your decision process, right? Uh, Weighing your options. What do I need to do before I make the decision on what I'm going to do? But being more decisive. Some of us are pretty flighty. I'm a flighty person. I've always been a flighty person, but I had to live... um, a life that wouldn't always allow me to be flighty. And so they forced me to become more decisive in my actions, decisive in my thoughts, decisive in how I live my life. And, you know, I had to make the decision to eat healthier. I had to make the decision to work out more. I had to make the decision to not procrastinate. As much as I love to procrastinate, I had to make the decision to expand my thought processes by reading more books. And so we all have to make the decisions to do what we want to do in our lives instead of being um, jealous or feeling some kind of way about what other people are doing or instead of um, being envious or feeling like we're missing out on something, it's time for us to make the decision to Um, attack and live the life that we want to live. So I I implore you guys to make decisions, be decisive, choose life, choose to live how you want to live, choose you. That's simplistic and saying, but it's so, it's such a complicated action to choose you. What does that even mean? That means to put myself first and making sure I'm taken care of before I'm able to take care of anyone else. If I can't 
take care of myself? How can I help you if I can't help my own self? So it's time for us to be more decisive in choosing ourselves and allowing ourselves to just be and live in peace and enjoy. That doesn't mean it will be without any type of pain or tough times, but it just means that we are saying that I'm going to make the choice to give myself the fighting chance to live a happy, healthy life. And so I'm asking you to Go further and decide to choose you and choose to make better decisions or choose to even make decisions so that you can take more ownership of your life. And that way, no one, no one has the ability to dictate you or what happens to you. Even with what's happening in government, they can't dictate what happens to you fully. You have a lot of ownership of your own life. And so I'm asking you to be more decisive going forward as we move forward in 2017 and we're still going with that better me 2017 hashtag is what we were talking about in the last episode where we just started choosing to be better and in who we are as a person i'm saying continue on with that hashtag and choose you choose to be decisive choose to live a happier a happier life Choose to find your peace when you need to find your peace. Choose to find your joy when you need to find your joy. Choose to shut it all down when the negativity becomes too much. Just make the decision and be more decisive in your actions so that you can have more ownership of your own life. That's where we need to go. And that's what we need to do to ensure that our lives are better spent and are happier and healthier than what it could be or would be if we just decided to just allow life to happen to us. So it's time for us to make it happen for ourselves and be decisive. So that was just a quick self-care section, but I really wanted to get that in and talk about that because there's so much happening that I understand why Some people are finding themselves in more depressive states and it's time for us to start taking ownership of our lives again and just being more decisive in what our lifestyles and lives will be. In our final segment today, we're going to talk a little bit about Black excellence. And I want to highlight amazing Black people, uh, not only of our past, but of our present and those who would definitely be of our future. We have some amazing accomplishments that we have accomplished as a people and that we are accomplishing things that we are doing that is just wonderful and needs to be highlighted and called out. So I want to make sure I I do just that. And that's why I added this segment of Black excellence, because it speaks to what it means to be beautifully complicated. We're complicated in this as well. And so I want to make sure that we're highlighting people who are doing some amazing, amazing things or have done some amazing things. So in our last episode, we talked about Mary Johnson and Dorothy Vaughn and, excuse me, Mary Jackson, Dorothy Vaughn and Katherine Johnson um, from Hidden, the Hidden Figures film, who were all uh, women, Black women who worked in NASA and helped put our astronauts on the moon. And now I want to talk about another wonderful woman who has been in the news these past week or so because of what she's doing at NASA. And this is a 22-year-old woman, a 22-year-old young Black woman who is already an engineer at NASA, Tierra Gwynn. 
She's a student at MIT who's not yet uh, even graduated, but she's already has landed herself an opportunity as a rocket structural design and analysis engineer for the space launch system um, for um, that um, Boeing is actually building for NASA. So she helps design and, and analyze parts of the rocket. And what she had said in a statement that I read on Huffington Post is that she will be one of the, that this rocket would be one of the biggest and most powerful in history. So a statement from um, Tierra Gwen that she gave to WRBC News was, when my mom and I would go to the grocery store, she would get me to clip coupons and put it in my coupon organizer. By the time we got to the register, I'd have to calculate the exact total before tax, including tax. And I did that since I was six years old. One day I saw a plane fly by and I just had this realization, huh, I can design planes. I'm going to be an aerospace engineer. And so that's how she found herself in this market. Just that moment where your mom is that person who is saying you can be great and I'm going to challenge your intelligence and this is what we all it'd be nice if more parents did this I know quite a few parents probably do but this is something that's important to do to make sure you're to challenge your children don't leave school at school but have them utilizing with their, their skills that they're learning outside of school and so having her mom challenge her about uh, calculating the amount of groceries they have and how much things will cost by the time they get to the register, including tax, was her making her be able to think on her feet and to be able to take on large amounts of data and do a calculation and mentally to get to the result that she needs to get to. So that was an amazing thing that helped drive her towards engineering, which is heavily math-based. So great for her. And I'm just so proud of, of Tierra. She'll be graduating from MIT with a 5.0 GPA. So she, the girl is definitely has some, um, she has a wonderful life ahead of her. She continued on this trajectory. She will be nothing more than a great success that we all will be proud of and be able to tell our grandchildren about later on in life. Another statement she made to um, the news organization that was interviewing her is she said, you have to look forward to your dream and you can't let anybody get in the way of it. No matter how tough it may be, no matter how many tears you might cry, you have to keep pushing and you have to understand that nothing comes easy. Keeping your eyes on the prize, you can succeed. That statement is from, again, Tiara Gwen. 22-year-old NASA engineer, 5.0 GPA from MIT, a fabulous young woman who I know we'll hear about a lot in the next few years. And I say hats off to you, Tierra. You keep doing what you're doing. You are making us all very proud. And it's great to see that we don't have hidden figures anymore. Our hidden figures are coming out in the open. And I am so glad and so proud uh, that a, such an amazing young woman has been put on the radar of so many of us. So that's today's show. Thanks for listening in. Oh, it was chock full of a lot of information there from the political arena, which was most of the conversation because so much happened there to the uh, Beyonce's Grammy snub for album of the year. And finally rolling it in with a little self-care talking about being decisive and making great decisions for yourself. And finally our black excellence segment, which talked about Tara Gwen, 22 year old NASA engineer who hasn't even yet graduated from MIT. 
I want to thank you for listening in and joining us in the conversation. Can't wait to talk to you guys in a couple of weeks in our next episode. Have a fabulous day. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode of Beautifully Complicated. Take a moment and engage with me on Twitter or Instagram at SheenaD1 and on the Beautifully Complicated podcast Facebook page. I'm looking forward to speaking with you and hearing your thoughts on today's show. Make sure you subscribe and share. See you on the next episode. Until next time, live life as a person who is beautifully complicated. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now, imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch Sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.